Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure-earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hartnett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278 or listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group. You know you can visit us for all your branding and publishing needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. That's S-I-S-T-A-S, wealthysistersmedia.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure-earning women, and our purpose is twofold. First, you know we love to provide inspiration and encouragement to you, the phenomenal listeners, and also to make sure that you get that practical knowledge that you can apply right now to positively impact your business and life. And second, we must edify, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network, and today is another fabulous Monday. Can you believe it is October 15, 2012 already, and you know, I hope you're as excited about your future starting right now, the present, because trust me, no matter how it looks right now, no matter how you feel today, it is extremely bright, and you know what, we want to remind you that we are here every week at the same time, that's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so thank you, thank you so much for spreading the word. Well, by now, you all have figured that it's raining men, that's right the whole month of October here at Wealthy Sisters. Wealthy brothers are in the house, and we want you to know we heard you, gentlemen. We are listening, and we appreciate you and thought, you know what, we wanted to welcome an all-male guest panel this month since we get such a great amount of information, or shall I say inquiries, about when are you going to have some gentlemen on the show? Well, you know, week one we had Shay Brown, who is a top sales expert, uh, one of the leading experts across the country, Last week, we had the dynamic duos, twins, Derek and Daryl Miles of Milestone Motivation with their superhuman performance, and this week, (laughs) we are excited about this because we are going to have another explosive show for you today. Yes, the man that I have on the line today, he is brilliant and has a list of credentials more than a mile long, and he has over 25 years of experience in the IT and cybersecurity fields. That's right, we have none other today than Mr. Morris Cody, and I want to let you know that, hey, they uh, when I tell you that he is breaking the industry, he's going to break that industry down for us today, as promised, you know, he's not going to leave any stones unturned, so we can really understand what cybersecurity is all about, and why as business owners, we need to know about it, and as I mentioned, you know, uh, Mr. Cody has over 25 years of leadership and information technology management across diverse industries. Mars has also built and managed information security teams, monitoring and investigation and analysis of assessment management, and for various financial institutions, he was able to do that. He holds various degrees and national certifications in the IT and cybersecurity field. He holds an MS, wow, in the cybersecurity policy, a BA in organizational management. I could go on and on and on with all of his top-level certifications. And we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll bring him on the line, and he's going to share with us today all this top information on cybersecurity. Stay tuned. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com or call the baby group at 877-264-7699. 
Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. Yes, we are back here on our special show today. Got a spy music in the background, cyber security show for you today. This is Deborah Hartman, and you are live here with Wealthy Sisters. So happy to have every one of you on the show. I want to remind you that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Wealthy Sisters. And also to remind you about iTunes, yes, we're available there free. You can download us there on your cell phones, listen on your smartphone, all of those good gadgets there. But today we're talking about cybersecurity, and I want to bring our guest on the line, Mr. Morris Cody. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm fine, Deborah. How are you? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. We know that you have a few minutes to spare with us today, and want to let you know that we appreciate that and uh, just want to welcome you. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Um, yes. I look forward to, to speaking a, a little bit about cybersecurity. I'll try to impart what knowledge I do have, and hopefully it will be of benefit to your listening audience. Well, I'm certain that it shall. I am. Uh, you know, and we are real nosy here at Wealthy Sisters. You know, we like to know where our guest is from because, you know, we have a lot of people that listen all over the world and they want to be able to relate to the background to kind of picture themselves or, you know, just really be able to visualize the person that they're speaking with today. And, you know, we, as we always say, we like to know what went into that recipe of what we see today. So why don't you share with us where you grew up and how you actually started and uh, became involved in this field today? Well, I grew up in Philadelphia, uh, PA, and I spent the bulk of my career in the Philadelphia, Jersey, Delaware, that tri-state area. Um, And I got into computers uh, really uh, because I thought I had a family member who was in it. This is back, this is way back in the 80s. So I thought I had a family member who who was into computers, and I kind of I kind of looked up to him, and I thought he was great, and I decided that that's that's what I was going to do. Now, when I got into computers, it was nothing like it is today. In fact, they didn't even have uh, laptops; they they barely had desktops. Desktops that had just come out early into my in my career. So moving uh-huh. forward uh, from there, of course, I I've, I've been been to school. I've gotten. Uh, several degrees. Um, my career path has always been in computers, so my degrees are all somewhat computer-related, uh, right down to my last degree, which is a uh, master's in, in cybersecurity uh, international policy. Um, I, I now reside in the uh, D.C. Virginia area, um, which is a real hot spot for cybersecurity, um, and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to make my mark in this area as well. I've been in this area for the last four years, and it's it certainly has been uh, somewhat exciting, and uh, there's a lot to do, and, and I'm hoping to uh, keep pushing forward with my career. Well, I'm certain that you shall, and, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned um, the, the DMV area being a hot spot because uh, I know that would be one of the questions that our listeners would have, you know, what is a good place uh, to actually get into this arena? So let's let's really kind of get into some of the questions that I have for you today. Um, I've been hearing the commercials. I've been seeing them as well on television. Of course, we get emails constantly about this topic. Can, can you just kind of share with us this whole cyber space? What What is that all about? Well, cyberspace, uh, to sum it up in short, cyberspace is the Internet. Now, okay. when you think about it, um, the Internet has affected just about every aspect of the human race. It, it's affected mm-hmm. our, our modern uh, society economically, socially, it's infected. It affected us from an industrial standpoint, from an agricultural standpoint, from a scientific standpoint, of course, from technology, from a, a civil standpoint. Uh, so, from every aspect of modern society is somehow or another touched by the internet. 
And so that is what cyberspace is. The minute you connect to the Internet, you are now in cyberspace. Okay. Okay. And so we're now in cyberspace. So is that the need um, that arises for cybersecurity? And, and what is cybersecurity? Well, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you know, the Internet, if you go back to the 70s when the Internet first started forming itself, you know, it was basically built, uh, you know, to share information between universities and the military uh, had some aspects in it too. But it really wasn't built with security in mind. Um, and so the basic infrastructure of the Internet is not very secure. Now, mm-hmm. when you compound that with the fact moving forward, that the Internet has grown so rapidly, so quickly, and touches so many aspects of our lives from an individual standpoint, from a business standpoint, from a military standpoint, and then from a nation standpoint, and then to top it off, from a global standpoint, the Internet touches so much that there is a vast, vast need for security, quote-unquote cybersecurity. Um, now, along with this this explosive implementation of the Internet, there's all kind of opportunities for financial gain. There's opportunities uh, for nation states to gain advantage over other nation states. Um, there's a whole plethora of things that can happen. Our society is being more and more and more driven by the Internet. And developed nations are depending more and more to the Internet, and rightly so because they're more connected uh, to the Internet. So that leaves opportunity or that opens up vulnerabilities that just continue to grow as the Internet continues to grow, as people continue to connect to it, as nations continue to connect to it. From a global standpoint, as we all globally connect to the Internet, that leaves more and more opportunities for what I'll call bad actors, malicious people looking to do unlawful or bad things, that that gives opportunity for them uh, to do their dastardly deeds. So since the Internet wasn't built with security, since there are people out there that look to do harm or to look to commit crimes, um, there's a need for cybersecurity. I mean, I I believe as we go further down the the road, we're going to always have criminals from a physical or kinetic standpoint. But the new criminal is going to be the guy that's sitting at home committing a crime from his desktop or from his laptop or in some coffee shop stealing millions and millions of dollars or, you know, someone, some spy or some government agent or some nation state committing espionage or or tapping into your country's military systems or tapping into some financial institution and siphoning millions of dollars or just gathering private personal information on you and then selling that information to the highest bidder. I mean, the list of vulnerabilities and crimes that can be committed over the Internet just continues to expand from pedophiles to espionage uh, to to, uh, uh, financial uh, gain. It it just goes on and on. There's there's no stopping. There's no capping. Uh, As many crimes as you can think about on the ground, Believe me, they can be committed on the Internet, even to the point of what has been termed as cyber warfare, which is a mm-hmm. big, which is a big buzz uh, in our society now. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, there are countries such as the U.S. that are so connected to the Internet that you can do damage. Now, typically, when you think of war, it's kinetic, it's physical. You're not going to right. declare war unless, you know, there's some kind of physical damage to the country or to the citizens. Well, you know, cyber war, although I don't have to be there to physically harm you, I can do things to your country depending on how dependent it is on the Internet that will eventually impact your standard of living, your way of life, even to the point that it might even cause death to millions or masses of citizens within your country. Mm-hmm. That is an alarming thought so, when you think about that. <laughs> yeah, so so 
I mean, cybersecurity, really what it is, if you want to sum it up, it's, it's, a, it's a body of technologies, processes, procedures, and policies designed to protect our networks, our computers, our programs, our data, our citizens as a whole. It's designed to protect us from damage and from unauthorized access mm-hmm. to private, personal, privileged information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when you when you you know look at all these things, of course, we talked. Uh, you've kind of hit on a little bit about the government and um, the military as well. Um, from a business, I wanted to kind of draw on this point. Of course, you, you also mentioned as far as getting information, private information. What are some examples um, that a business owners would need to be concerned with and, and how does it really impact the business commu- community? Well, think about this. I mean, even if you have a local business, mm-hmm. a domestic business, or, or a business that does international business, uh, cybersecurity and the Internet affects, as I mentioned early, every aspect of our lives. It affects travel, power to our homes, our economy, uh, our government services. In fact, there are about 18 key critical infrastructures that are in- impacted by the Internet. Mm-hmm. At least 18 critical infrastructures that the United States have identified, and they also impact our ability to do business on a domestic, local, and international level. So those. those yeah. Critical, I'm sorry those to interrupt, critical, but just for those key critical infrastructures, give me an example of what that right. might be. That's exactly where I was going. So those key critical infrastructures are one: there's banking, banking and finance. Mm-hmm. There's, communi- there's communication. Right. We got to be able to communicate. And right. We got to have finance and banking to do business. Then there's, right. uh, there's the, um, uh, and I'm going to give you all 18. And like I said, every business falls or falls somewhere within these 18, or or are touched by these 18. So there's uh, banking and finance. There's communications. There's uh, the defense industry. There's food and agriculture. There's of course mm. information technology, postal and shipping. There's wow. Chemical, there's chemical, there's uh, critical manufacturing, there's emergency services, government facilities, um, there's our transportation systems, uh, there's, um, I think I mentioned, oh, there's chemical facilities, there's mm-hmm. dams and bridges, there's energy, mm-hmm. there's health care and, and, and public health services, and then there's nuclear reactors and, and power and waste, and then there's water. All of these are key and critical, and if any of these are somehow or another impacted, it will affect our ability to do business. I'll give you a perfect example how this impacts, how this impacts um, businesses. Let's take 9-11. Okay, because of what happened at 9-11, uh, the government saw fit to shut down our transportation. Airlines were shut down, railway, railroads or railways were stopped, transportation was stopped in, in several ways. Now, what was the impact of that? Well, businesses <laughs> businesses had a very, very uh, a difficult time. Some businesses, because their supply chain was interrupted, because mm-hmm. their ability to communicate globally or even um, domestically was interrupted, uh, went out of business. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just that plain and simple. Some businesses went out of business. Um, I'll give you another example. Uh, a couple of years back, a couple of years back, there was a fire in the uh, Baltimore Harbor Tunnel, and that uh, caused uh, communication um, links that are connected to the backbone or to the internet to be cut. Well, that basically shut the city down for several days. And the impact of that could be felt as far as Africa. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So when you think about it, I mean, you might not, you might say, oh, well, you know, it's the Internet, or who has to be on the Internet? Uh, it's not really going to impact me in some way. But, yeah, it does. Our water system, uh, our water system, right? Businesses use water. Right. Um, most, most companies or most states have regulations and requirements that you have to have running water or plumbing uh, in an office building. And if you don't, 
then you have to evacuate the building or, or, or shut it down until you can get that going. Um, a lot of processing that we do, which, which uh, provides us with supply, require water. Right. Not to mention for drinking. Um, so as I said before, all of these key critical infrastructures impact us on an individual level as well as on a business level. Uh, power grids. If we lose power grids, you can shut down huge portions of the nation. Not just a business, you can shut down huge portions of the nations. And we've lost grids before, and, it's, and we felt the impact in huge mm-hmm. sections of the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Government facilities, if the government cannot operate for whatever reason, oh, you best believe it's going to have an impact on not just citizens, but on businesses and on the international community, especially a country or an actor like the United States. Wow. So when you look at all of these things, the way that we are impacted and can be impacted by this, and, of course, the way businesses, the way we actually need to think and protect ourselves, what are some things that uh, business owners can do or even citizens that can we can do to fight against cybercrime? I mean, I know, or cyber, you know, uh, security. I know we get little emails. Obviously, it's bigger than what <laughs> these emails are about viruses or whatever that come to the computer. This You have definitely uh, opened our eyes to the big picture of this, but what are some things that we can do to help fight against these crimes? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, think about what you just said, and, and you're right. You know, there's email, there's there's all kind of things that businesses do. In fact, millions of, of messages, data files, transactions flow through business networks networks uh, each and every day, mm-hmm. uh, and they drive, this drives the U.S. economy. Uh, our nation, our businesses, they're all dependent on this infrastructure. That's, that's unquestionable. There's, there's no question about that. In fact, the future and the survival of our economy and our businesses depend on the networks or the Internet. As I said before, we are one of the nations that are, because we are evolved from a technology or technology standpoint, we rely heavily on the Internet, which also makes us very vulnerable to attack. So so businesses, um, they need to be aware of malicious intruders or actors that can do things to halt their business, that can perform things like denial, of service attacks or what we call uh, DDoS, distributed denial of service attacks. Um, and hackers can also uh, unleash malicious code that you can download, that can be downloaded in your environment, which will literally destroy uh, critical information, critical data files, wreak havoc on your network, um, or that can just sit and wait for an opportunity um, to take information, mm-hmm. whether, it's, whether it's via espionage or whether it's personal data or whether it's uh, account information, security, uh, social security numbers, bank numbers. Um, there's a whole gambit of stuff out there. Once you connect it to the Internet, and you can't, you can, as a business, you can't say I'm not going to because you won't be able to compete. You won't be able to keep up. You won't be able right. to do business with other businesses if you don't connect uh, to the Internet. So one of the key and critical factors for business owners and businesses to do is to understand what cybersecurity is and how critical it is to their business. They need to be informed about assurance and about the risks and about the tools that they need to have in place to help them deal with the complexities of cybersecurity and, and cyber cyber attacks. Um, they need to be able to do risk analysis, cost analysis, because let's face it, um, cybersecurity is something that you have to pay for. So you need mm-hmm. to determine. You need to determine based on your risk, your level of risk, your amount of risk, um, how much of an investment you need to make into cybersecurity. But make no mistake about it. 
you do need to make an investment of some sort in cybersecurity. And the investment doesn't necessarily have to be uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It depends on your business, and it also depends on your understanding of cybersecurity. Keep this in mind. Experts say that America loses $400 billion a year, Mm. and that number is growing due to cyber attacks. Businesses, I think when I last checked, lose about $8 billion a year. But total, U.S. loses about $400 billion a year due to cyber attacks. Globally, over $1 trillion a year are lost due to cyber attacks. So if you, wow. think, it's not, if you think it's not real, <laughs> look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. The reason why it's so real is because there's such an advantage uh, in it. There's a financial gain for those who um, are criminals. There's military advantages for those nation states who are looking to to uh, have an advantage over other nation states. Um, and and for those who who just want to make a name for themselves, there's opportunity there too. I was able to hack the Pentagon or I was able to do this, or I was able to do that. I mean, it just goes on and on. So one of the biggest things that a business could do is to become aware of cybersecurity and and how it impacts them. You know, President Obama kind of made a a great statement on cybersecurity and and how how important it is. He stated in in one of his uh, um, uh, 60-day review report statements, he said that it is is the great honor, honor of our information age the very technologies that empower us to create and to build also empower those who would disrupt and destroy. Mm. And this paradox, seen and unseen, is something that we experience every day. Mm. Experience every day. Every day, things that we don't know about, I'm sure, take place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In fact, um, Chances are, if you've connected to the Internet, your computer, whether it's a laptop or, you know, a desktop at home, you might be the victim of a, of a botnet. And that's basically some malicious code that's just sitting on your computer, not doing a thing, until it receives a signal from its creator to go out and do something. Now, there are thousands, and it's been estimated that there are millions of computers, millions of computers out there that have botnets. Uh, malicious code sitting on them. How would we know if we had that? Okay. The best thing that you you can do is to always keep your antivirus software up to date. Okay. Um, Be very careful about what sites you go to. Okay. I mean, and this is where learning and understanding cybersecurity comes in. Right. Um, be Be very aware of emails that you open. Um, be ready when you say open, yeah. let, let me ask you this. When you say open, because I've always had this question, if I actually open the email, a lot of times I see them that have links in them. If I don't click on the link, then I feel comfortable. But if I actually click on it and open, are you saying we're ex- we could be exposed as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. So, you know, if you get an email and it just looks strange, Mm-hmm. You know, if you you're having some thoughts about it, then don't open it. Just delete <laughs> don't it. Don't open it. Mm-hmm. Delete it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Delete it. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you pretty much know. Everybody receives or you might have filters on, but you know, you get your junk mail, you get your spam mail. You don't open that stuff. Right. Import, important email and email that you need to know open. You typically know the source. You typically know who it came from. If it's something that you don't know, never heard of, and it seems suspicious, don't open it. Just just don't. Now, what about, like, passwords? I know we see a lot of times people's accounts that get hacked, their email account. Um, maybe is that because their password is not um, a good password? What, what are some things that people need to do with that? 
Well, you know, one of the, the biggest things people can do with password is just good practice, right? Mm-hmm. Things you shouldn't do. Don't don't create an easy password. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are programs out there that can easily crack your password within seconds if it's an easy password. If it's okay. a password that's in a, in a dictionary, there are several dictionaries out there, um, and this the these programs will go through the dictionary and will find your password if it's if it's you know an easy password. Um, wow. You should you should use things like letters and numbers and characters in your password. Okay. You might you might you might have a system where you might say okay, um, where I can use a number to replace a letter then I'm going to use a phrase and I'll use numbers to replace letters where possible. For example, you might use a zero instead of an O. Okay. Or you or you might use a 13 instead of a, a B because it looks like a B. Well, oh, that's, that's, okay. That's, a, that's an easily crackable password. It, it will be cracked in zero seconds. <laughs> so you, you, really need to, you really need to have strong passwords, um, um, and you know, try not to write your, your password down, but use lowercase, uppercase numbers, letters, and characters, and, and come up with a, a password that's not easily crackable. And change your password at least, at least monthly. Wow. Um, especially, especially when it comes to your financial um, mm-hmm. institution, like you know, your bank account. When you log mm-hmm. onto your bank account, you should pass, you should change that password every thirty days or any other financial uh, institutions that you might use, whether it's your investment company or wherever, change your password every 30 days. Now, what about um, those options that you say, do you want your computer? I even sit on the phones now. Do you want it to remember? Should we be doing that to allow our password to be stored on the computer to remember it? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely not. You don't want your you, you don't want your password to be stored anywhere other than in your mind. Right, right. And what about now like that, what is? Go ahead. Now there are programs out there that generate uh, passwords for you and store them in encrypted files. Okay? Right. Those are okay uh, because okay. they're encrypted. Um, but okay. me, you know, since I'm since I'm a cybersecurity uh, uh, practitioner, I, I don't store my password on any electronic device. <laughs> at all. At now, all. Now, what about, now, what, let, let me, and I know you have to go ask you about. Um, oh, I got a few the, more minutes. I got a few more oh, minutes. Okay, okay, great, great. If you've just tuned in, you are listening to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Yes, we're here with our cybersecurity expert, Mr. Morris Cody, um, celebrating October here at Wealthy Sisters with this, you know, we have our all-male guest panel responding to all of the inquiries about having men on the show, and we're happy to have uh, Mr. Cody on our show today talking about this very important topic of cybersecurity and what we can do uh, in our businesses to protect our systems from that as well. But, Cody, I wanted to get back to the Internet uh, as far as our laptops or our computers. When we leave them on and we have wireless and all of that, is there a problem with with leaving our computers on and leaving the wireless function on and when we're using uh, passwords or what have you, if we go from one friend's house or we might go to an office and it automatically identifies the passwords, is that is that a problem doing that as well? Well, understand this. The okay. moment you connect to the Internet, you're vulnerable. Okay. So when you leave your computer on and connect it, yes, you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. When you connect wirelessly, yes, you're vulnerable. Now, there are ways to mitigate the risk that's associated with those vulnerabilities. You have your antivirus uh, a software. Um, you have private networks. You have passwords. And, you know, you secure your network. You do everything that you can. But the minute you connect to the Internet, you're vulnerable. So... Me as a security practitioner, do I leave my uh, computer, my laptop connected to the internet when I'm at home and not using it? No, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. You know, mm-hmm. I, I power it off. Period. Mm-hmm. So that it is not you connected. Flip the switch. It is not. Yeah, and I, and I don't. I I don't even like me personally. This is just a personal thing. I don't even like having it set up where it automatically connects to the, the internet when I power up. 
Because if I don't need to be on the Internet, if I'm doing work on my laptop and I don't need to be on the Internet, then I don't want it to be connected to the Internet. It's as simple as that. Okay, okay. If I'm, wow. if I'm, if I'm wireless, um, you know, if I'm someplace sitting with an air card or, or anything like that, yeah, I am vulnerable at that point. Any information I have stored on my laptop is now vulnerable. And it might not be, I might not have information stored on this laptop, but it might, you know, it's a matter of putting all the pieces together. So you have a little bit of information here, you have a little bit there. Well, believe me, people specialize in putting all that information together to create a profile on you. The next thing you know, your identity has been stolen. Mm. And you wonder, and you wonder how it happened. Mm. Might not just, it might not have just been a one source thing. Uh, a person could have been gathering information on you for some time. Mhm, mhm. So, now, yeah, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you said so. We are, we are vulnerable. So, I say now, so, so yeah, we're vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. um, as I said, our, our society um, depends on the internet, and the internet has done great and wonderful things. We are one of the most dependent nations on the Internet that that are out there. And because of that, we have a technical or technology edge on most nations. We can do business better, faster, more efficient. Um, The Internet, the use of the Internet drives down the cost of doing business significantly. There's no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. But um, as Obama said, President Obama, it's a double-edged sword because the more we use the Internet, the more we connect to it, the more we become dependent on it, um, the more we are vulnerable, not just from a citizen's standpoint, but also as a nation, from our military, all the way down to to our citizens. Um, Mm -hmm. Our critical Mm -hmm. infrastructure and everything in between um, is at risk uh, since we are so connected to the Internet. And it's really not that foreign if we look at any industry. I mean, whether the automobile, the the onset of automobile we had to, or factories, you know, as far as how we used to do business in the Industrial Revolution, that also brought on uh, onset of challenges for, as far as health concerns with employees breathing the fumes. And, you know, we had to implement measures in place as far as uh, our automobiles and all of that to protect the environment. So this is just another way that um, industries are created, but there are always going to be some challenges that can stem from those industries. Would you agree? Absolutely. In fact, mm-hmm. um, those challenges are so great. And mm-hmm. if you really want to take it up a notch, um, our, our former president, George Bush, and our current president, uh, Barack Obama, um, have made it, made it a priority in their administration for our government to come up with stronger legislation and to have a role in protecting um, our cyberspace, Mm -hmm. our Internet. And Mm -hmm. rightly so, because if you think about it, if you think about it, I mean, the government's role is to protect the citizens. That's one of their roles. Um, And so they have to be involved uh, in um, cybersecurity. Um problem is that most of the most of the uh technologies or infrastructure uh that help us to have access to to cyberspace is owned and operated by private industry right okay you know i s p s and all the the backbone uh, uh infrastructure that gives us this global connectivity, that's that's owned by private industry, not the government. However, the government is one of the biggest users of that that infrastructure. And therefore, the government has to have a a say-so in how that technology is managed. And for no other reason, just so that they can protect the nation. I mean, right. their, military, their military uses this. Our commerce uses this. Like I told you, those key critical infrastructures, all 18 of them that I, that I just went through, it's the government's responsibility to protect those key critical infrastructures. And therefore, the government at this point is beginning to uh, really look at strong legislation on providing policies um, that need to be implemented to protect our infrastructure. Yeah, and and so that's where 
the government and industry need to really start partnering up and collaborating and, and talking mm-hmm. um, on how to do better with, with cybersecurity because private industry owns this stuff. The government's responsibility and loyalty is to itself and the citizens. Private mm-hmm. industry, on the other hand, their responsibility and loyalty is to the stockholders. So the government wants to put out all kind of legislation and is willing to spend money on cybersecurity. Private industry is only willing to do that to the point to protect themselves. Their interest. Mm-hmm. And their interest at a mm-hmm. minimal cost, at a minimal mm-hmm. cost. So that's mm-hmm. why the government has to put legislation out there or else, you know, private industry is not going to really do that much that much with regard to protecting. Let me give you an example. You know, whenever one of these major banks suffer an intrusion, a breach of their security, uh, before legislation went in place, they didn't say anything. And why? Well, because they don't want their customers, consumers, and the public to, be alarmed. to mm-hmm. lose confidence in their ability mm-hmm. to protect their personal private information. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? That information... That information needs to be sent back to the, the government or to some type of oversight board so that it can be looked at and, you know, we can start building better security policies, better security, security uh, cybersecurity protection uh, capabilities and technology. So now there's legislation in place that says, hey, when that happens, you need to report it back. And in addition to that, anyone, any of your customer who may have been impacted by this, you need to let them know within 60 days. Right. And you need to provide some type of uh, mitigation effort so that they can be protected. For example, if my identity could have possibly been stolen or whatever, then most banks will say for a year we will provide this tool or provide you with um, um, a, a identity watch uh, type of uh, um, process so that every month you will know whether or not someone is, is possibly using your identity. We'll provide you with that for a year just because you might have been impacted by that. Exposed to that. And that's part of that, that $400 billion or yeah. greater $1 trillion, uh in losses globally or $400 billion in the, the businesses that you mentioned in losses. That's a part of that equation there, huh? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you mentioned um, the 18 key critical infrastructures and primary uh, postal, chemical, I mean, a lot of EMS things that I really hadn't even thought of. What are some of the key areas of focus, the five key areas of focus that you that you spoke about as well briefly? Well, you know, those would include things like, as I just mentioned, um, Partnerships. Okay. You know, developing partnerships across government agencies, um, because we've all heard how government agencies don't share information. information. Right. Or right. The same. The same thing with with cybersecurity initiatives and and efforts and information. The government needs to share that information across agencies, uh, so they can become better at protecting our key critical infrastructure that is so vital to our standard of living. Um, Another key area is that there needs to be um, an increased collaborative effort and and partnership with the government and private industry. Okay. Um, And and not just the businesses, but our local government, um, our businesses, um, they need to collaborate. They need to talk. Okay. Okay. Um, share information with 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 government agencies such as um, the Department of Defense, NSA, um, Treasury Department, FBI, CIA. Um, um, these businesses, especially large banks, when they're when they're under a cyber attack, um, what they do to mitigate that attack or, or the profile, the characteristics right. of that attack, all of that right. is vital information to help us become better. At right. fighting cybersecurity and to put countermeasures in place so that attacks like that will not and cannot be successful. Right. Let um, me think. Some other things that that we need to do. Well, we we definitely need to spend more money, time, and effort 
and researching new technologies and innovative ideas Mm -hmm. um, that will help us to meet the challenges of the modern technical age that we live in. I mean, Mm -hmm. hey, cyber cyber criminals are smart, (laughs) you know. It's not the guy that's trying to break into your house with a crowbar. These are very <laughs> these are very smart people. I mean they they hack into our government our government facilities such as the House of Representatives, the DOD, uh the White House, they are bombarded with thousands of attacks daily. Mm-hmm. Thousands of attacks daily. Can't even mm. begin to understand how many different actors, bad actors are trying to break into their information systems and gather information for com- for a military advantage or a competitive. One of our biggest bad actors is China. Mm-hmm. They steal more information from the U.S. than you can shake a stick at, and they are very good at it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, and this is another huge problem with cybersecurity, the problem of attribution and deterrence. It is very difficult very extremely difficult to determine who did what with a cybercrime. There's forensic there's forensic uh uh science with cybersecurity, but when you're talking about I mean think about it. I could be sitting over in another country, commit a crime and cover my tracks so that it's very difficult or to trace it. About impossible for you to trace it. And even mm-hmm. if you are fortunate enough and smart enough and have the right tools and forensic evidence in place to trace it back to my laptop, then there are a couple things that you got to prove. First of all, you got to prove that I was the one sitting there at the laptop to dig it. Right. Now, if you, if you can't prove that, right? then my, my country, my laws, the laws and regulations in my country might say, hey, you know, jurisdiction here, you can't extradite me because you don't have enough proof that I did it. And then if you want to say that the government was involved, how are you going to prove that the government – how are you going to prove that this guy was working for the government in that act? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, there's a lot of government-sponsored uh, 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 cyber attacks and crimes that go on, espionage and, and so forth, but you, how are you going to prove it? And then mm-hmm. the whole thing about when you – if you can prove it, if you can, which typically you can't, you know, what are the penalties? There has to be well-defined laws, procedures on a on a global scale in place, which there are not. There's no global definition of cyber war. There's no global def- definition of cyber crime. There's no global definition of responses to these acts. And so to get all the countries to agree that this is a this is considered uh you know a cyber war act is difficult because typically right. typically with a kinetic war or physical war okay yeah you come on my country and you blow something up that's war or you right. kill people in my country that's that's war well that's not how cyber crimes and acts of war work i might shut down your power system but i didn't kill anybody right Right. But now, because of that, because of that, there might have been loss of life. I mean, you know, because of that, this hospital couldn't didn't have power oh. for all mm-hmm. of the things that it needed, and several people died. Or you mm-hmm. contaminated the water, and you know, people died. You know, so it it gets into a whole gambit of politicking and political stuff on a global scale. That because cyber security. And the whole internet concept is, 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 or cyberspace is so new, it just hasn't been worked out yet. I mean, you got to remember, all of our other laws and, and, and legislation and policies and procedures have been worked out over many, 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 many years. years. Yeah, and yeah, that's this, what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This whole this whole phenomenon with cybersecurity and cyber attacks and all that, I mean, mm-hmm. really, it's only come to a head like this in the last, you know, fifteen years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we are working hard, or the policymakers are working hard at, at trying to figure all this out now. But you know we're a long way from the goal line, and so you know they're putting things in place like best practices. They're putting things like in place such as nation-state agreements. You know, mm-hmm. okay, we're all going to agree on this. It isn't law, but we're going to agree that if someone does something, we find if someone commits a crime in your country with my 
with my country, we agree on this set of procedures that we mm-hmm. can expedite the person, that we can do this, that, and the other thing. Do you agree with this? Yeah. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. They're working on things like that, but we are, we are a long way away. And that's why there's such a huge need for cyber security professionals. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next question. Like, you know, what are the opportunities uh, as far as professional careers and business uh, with cybersecurity? Okay, so so most businesses, um, like mm-hmm. like we both mentioned, are, are attached in some way, shape, or form to cyberspace to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, especially your mid-level or, or mid-sized businesses don't really have a cybersecurity um, department because mm-hmm. they, they're not big enough um, to spend that kind of money on on a whole department dedicated to that, just that. However, there is, you know, they need to be protected. So there's opportunity for someone who perhaps wanted to start a a cybersecurity professional or a cybersecurity business. There's consulting. A security you know, firm, you, like we know, as a security guard <laughs> in the yeah, physical ex- sense. Yeah, except he's their cyber guy. Right. Now, in the past, in the past, your system administrators, your network administrator, that was part of their role. But cybersecurity okay. has become a separate discipline now because it's so much involved. You can't possibly uh, focus on everything else and cybersecurity. So mm-hmm. from small businesses to large businesses, there is a demand for cybersecurity professionals, and we don't have enough people to meet that demand, especially on the government sector. Now, there's two sides of this. There's the technical cybersecurity professional. He's the guy that's going to come in. He's going to look at your cybersecurity uh, environment, and he's going to architect or design or configure your environment so you're well protected. He's going to look at uh, uh, um, uh, the type of security measures you have in place, the type of uh, infrastructure you have in place, where your vulnerabilities are, where your weaknesses are, what your threats are. He's going to do a risk analysis, and he's going to come up with this great plan for you to implement so that you are protected to the best of your capability and what your budget allows. There's that side. That's the technical side. But then there's all there's also the other side. There's the policy side, and that's the side where you need to think about policies. What policies do we need to have in place so that when things happen, we are not scrambling to say uh-huh. what the penalties are or what's legal and what's not legal, um, what you can and can't do from a company, from a business, or from a government perspective, um, uh, what you can and cannot do from a individual perspective. What are what are the policies regarding privacy? Uh-huh. What, are the, uh-huh. what are the policies regarding transparency? What should be reported and and what does not have to be reported? So there's a whole gambit of stuff uh, on that side as well. So you got those two tracks to go down as a cybersecurity practitioner. Now, real quick, and I know we're the time goes by so fast. We only have a few minutes left in the show. Where is there like a central site that you can suggest for people to go to to learn more about some of the things that we talked about today, even including the career aspects and business opportunities as well? Well, there's all kind of government sites uh, that you can go to. I'm I'm sorry, I can't really think of any of them off of top of my head, but it's very easy, easy to just Google, you know, okay. cyber security. Um, there are organizations such as NIST, ISO. Um, these are organizations that set security standards okay. um, and, and procedures. Um, you can get a whole wealth of information there. You can go to uh, um, um, uh, DHS, Department of Homeland Security. You can go to their site and get a whole gamut of information. NSA, uh, okay. you can go to their site. So, as I said, there's a whole slew of government sites that you can go to. If you Google Secure, I'm sure they'll pop up. And there are also a lot of colleges and universities that offer pretty decent uh, programs. The one that I went to, UMUC, uh, they have right. a pretty good cyber, cyber security program. Um, there's organizations uh, or national certifications that, that you can get yourself involved with, such as the uh, CISSP, the CIS 
M. Um, there's a whole gamut of CISP <laughs> um, uh, national certifications, which are very good, very difficult to pass, though. I mean, you don't have some experience in it, you're going to be in for a big surprise because they're, they're not hard because they want to make sure that people who are claiming to be cybersecurity professionals really know what they're doing. Right. So these, these right. national certifications, such as the CISSP, are not for the beginner. Mm-hmm. Okay. They are okay. not for and, – and they have strict requirements uh, for you to get one, even if you are one of those very rare few people who can read the fifteen or 1,600-page book, which has small print and no pictures, <laughs> that, you can, that you can read that book and and – and memorize or remember everything in it, there's still requirements such as, you know, you have to have been in this field as a focus for five years or, or, or something to that nature. Okay. So they're not, they're not very easy to get these uh, certifications, but um, you can get those type of certifications, and they, they carry a lot of weight in the industry. Wow, wow. Well, I tell you, if you just tuned in, we, today we have our guest, Morris Cody, who is an expert in cybersecurity. Uh, we've been, had an awesome topic today and great conversation around it. You can always download this show along with all of our other dynamic shows at WealthySistersRadio.com. We, yes, we are on iTunes. You can get it free on your smartphones as well. Uh, so we want you to be able to get this information that we've been sharing with you today just some, I mean, a wealth of knowledge uh, that Mr. Cody has shared with us today. What would you like to leave uh, thoughts, comments with our guest today? I think one of the biggest things with cybersecurity that everyone should remember, cybersecurity is the responsibility of everybody, mm-hmm. everyone, not just mm-hmm. the government, not just businesses not just the military. It's a responsibility of everyone, and you need to be aware. Actually, there needs to be an educating program, I think, in schools starting, you know, in in the lower levels of school to teach teach individuals about cybersecurity because the biggest risk, the biggest risk that we have with cybersecurity Mm -hmm. is ourselves. Ourselves. Mm -hmm. When When we get out there on the Internet and we do things that put us at risk, we are... We are our biggest risk. We are our biggest vulnerability, we, mm-hmm. ourselves, individuals. So um, that awareness training, that awareness programming needs to happen early on, mm-hmm. um, especially now because because unlike when I was in school, I mean, children, kids start using computers in the, in the lower grades. That's right. I mean, Not I think fact, about it. They start it. using computers before they even go to school, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I so, know, because... My daughter's had hers since she was three, and, yeah. you know, now that she's on there constantly a lot more, and I'm not always right in front of her, I just, it's a great point you just brought up about teaching it in the early uh, education arena, because I was just thinking, man, I need to really tell her, watch out for this, look out for this, so uh, <laughs> it's and, it, that's, and, it's and, a great point. Mm-hmm. And so there goes another opportunity for a cybersecurity specialist to create yes. a to create a education or awareness business and yes. take it to the and take it to the schools. See, there's, yes. so there are so many there. There's just tons of opportunities in cybersecurity at, at this point in time. But again, you know, my the biggest thing that I would leave you with is that everyone needs to understand that for cybersecurity is a responsibility of all of us, not just businesses, governments. And, and military is a it's a responsibility that we all need to carry. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Morris Cody, for joining us today and helping us fulfill our month of reigning men here on the Wealthy Sisters. Uh, we want to thank each and every one of you, all of our listeners, for tuning in. We see you. The lines are packed out. As always, you can catch this show and all of our other great shows at Wealthy Sisters Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter on the Wealthy Sisters. And if you logged into the Blog Talk Network, click follow right there. Yeah, do go ahead and do that right now so that you can get the reminder of our show. And 
Stay tuned next week. It's going to be another awesome show. We have Mr. Simon T. Bailey, who is with the brilliant Institute. And he's an author, and I tell you, he's got a lot of great information that he's going to share with us. And then we're going to wrap up this month with Derek Rydell. That's right, talking about the law of emergence. So thank you again for tuning in. And as always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. See you next week. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman. Turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister. And visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysisters.com.